0: You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 130, Water, Freezing Pipes and Mold. Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, Oh, welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Steve, yesterday was Halloween.
1: Yep, yep. October just came and went, kind of like fall.
0: <laughs> yeah, fall doesn't exist here. So in Wyoming, there's no fall. Uh, but yeah, it came and went and it wasn't, uh, I don't know, we don't get trick-or-treaters where we live, so it's kind No,
1: no, you'd have to drive around on a side-by-side or something. So <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of nice, I mean, you know. We don't have to worry about that. We can just buy candy if we feel like eating it, that's and then v- wonder why we get cavities. Yeah, that's very, that's <laughs> very,
0: very, very true. Well, let's talk about water and pipes freezing and mold. What do you want? What do you want to say about all that? So this
1: is uh, the the main reason for this topic. Uh, you know, we've gone over the fall checklist. We obviously live somewhere where it's it pretty cold. Um, any of our listeners that live somewhere where it freezes, which I'm sure you know, I have clients that live in Arizona or Georgia where it doesn't freeze, but I, you know, I have clients up in Alaska, so um, I have clients over in India, and, you know, so my my point is, is this is, this is more or less based around um, pipes freezing, but it's also based on just leaving water trickle, or having a little trickle that you don't address, let's say, with a kitchen sink. A stem washer is bad, so the water just sits there and trickles. Well, you know, for a stem washer, it's not Expensive to fix that. But if you leave, or if you're leaving it trickling because it's supposed to drop down to negative 10 tonight, uh, we want to just talk about the problems it can cause. And especially a lot of people do it when they're leaving for the weekend or whatever reasons.
0: And what's the thinking behind that? Because I'd never really heard that to you explain to me, leaving the water trickling because to then... keep
1: the water moving so
0: pipes don't freeze. Exactly. Is that right? Okay. And does that actually work?
1: Well, I mean, you know, theoretically, yeah. Uh, it's, you know, no different than skiing all over a cliff face. I mean, you, you know, if you land it right, it'll work. But um, the risk, is obviously, a lot higher for that. But you know, there's just there's there's a lot of other risks that people don't think about what what it can do. You know, we talked about trick or treaters and where we live. You know, we're on a septic system, so you know, I just want to address with our listeners what could happen. You know, it's we call it whataboutism, but I play a lot of whataboutism in the in the industry I'm in because. You know, what if I don't fix this? What if I just ignore a roof leak or whatever? So trickling water, like I said, it's common for people, especially, you know, I used to hear it all the time. People would say, you know, yeah, I just have to open the the, the cabinet doors underneath the kitchen sink, you know, when it gets really cold. And I'd look at them and be like, why? You know, and they'd say, well, the heat gets in there from, from the kitchen. If you have to do that, then there's something going on in that outside wall that's causing, you know, Causing the concerns. And when pipes do freeze up, any of our listeners that have dealt with that, you're, it's, you're in the dead of winter typically and you have no water. And for the most part, you don't have someone that knows how to thaw those lines out. So it, it turns into quite a bit of
0: a mess. So, so what are the um, worst case scenarios if somebody, if a family goes away for the weekend and they leave the water trickling, what could go wrong?
1: Well, the biggest thing to go wrong there is, let's just say, for some reason, it gets really cold and your drain lines freeze up. Which it theoretically it shouldn't, because there's water always moving through it. But just just taking consideration, if that if that drain line backed up, where's all that water going to go?
0: What back into the septic if they have
1: it? No, no, I'm saying the the drain pipes themselves for the kitchen sink if they freeze up, oh, the water's going to fill those sinks up. Oh. Or,
0: Wow. So
1: yeah, it's not you know we 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 uh we always talk about and our listeners that have followed us for quite a while usually around January. Um, it was one of your first experiences with mold, and that was the job up in Shoshone, Wyoming. Remember that? Oh, I
0: remember that with the big icicles yep. on the back. Yep. There were
1: icicles. For our listeners that don't know, what happened was the the home was heated with radiant heat, so it was heated with water. It wasn't glycol or anything like that. It was all water on a boiler system. Well, the lines, uh, the return lines came up into the attic and then down into the mechanical closet where the boiler was. It was a foreclosed home. Whoever winterized it didn't shut the, that valve off. And on top of that, you can't just shut valves off. You got to blow the lines out. But anyhow, middle of winter, it was, you know, first part of January. Our, on our way up there, I think it was, what, negative 30? Yeah, it was freezing. <laughs> it, was it was cold. Crazy. So anyhow, we get up there and, and they obviously had the water shut off, but for our listeners the reason why there were icicles from the eaves to the ground was because all that water was coming out those soffits and i think i was told and i can't remember for sure but it's a tiny town uh, if anybody knows where Shoshone is then uh you're 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 probably um a lot more familiar with Wyoming than most people are but it's a tiny town like i don't know 150 people but anyhow, the mayor was driving by, and water was literally running out of the front door. Wow, that's terrible. So yeah, that's a that's an extreme excuse. Um, that's not really water trickling, but but yeah, it can it can wreak havoc. And that 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 project, I believe, we typically don't always rehab them, but we did on that one just because it was so rural, and it was it was over sixty thousand dollars for everything. I mean, we we had to re- pretty much gut the whole thing. It's not a pretty sight.
0: <laughs> so it can be very expensive for people yeah. who think it, just leaving the water trickling is okay, but it leads to yep. other things happening.
1: Yep. Yeah, my point is, is you know, my whole concern with tr- leaving the water trickling is is I I would ask the question if if they were a client, first thing I would say is, why are you doing that? And if they say, well, once in a while it freezes up and so that's why we're doing it. Well, you know, I would... If I was on site, I'd get my infrared camera out and I'd figure out, well, is there a draft somewhere, a wall cavity? Is there, you know, what's going on that's causing it? Because at the end of the day, we want to fix that. So it's no different than uh, on the medical field. You you got to stop the bleeding, figure out where the source is before you put stitches on or on it, in it, whatever you're dealing with.
0: So should people just not leave their water trickling if it's the dead of winter and they're going away for a week?
1: Yeah, I would... And what we do here is we just shut the wellhead off. Okay. But, yeah, you know, just shut the main valve off. You're better off just not worrying about it at all. The problem you run into with that, um, if you're on a septic system, if it was not installed below the frost level, so let's just say the frost level's here and the top of the tank's here, it can freeze. And so without any water coming into it, so there's no activity, Mm -hmm. no toilets are being flushed, no shower drains are going into this septic tank, that could freeze up too so it's kind of a you know and you could put a tank heater in there there's ways around it but um if you have those kinds of issues you you probably need to call a specialist that knows what they're talking about and, you know i guess my point is is you should just shut your water off but that could lead to other problems too
0: that's very very true so in the case of a septic system still you're saying bottom line is just shut the water off right don't leave the water trickling.
1: Exactly. And it, those of our listeners that have septic systems, you know, it's a, it's a well-oiled machine. Um, if you treat your septic tank properly every month with enzymes, you're not putting stuff that shouldn't be in the drains down that. Feminine products, grease, uh, stuff like that. If you treat it properly, your septic system, if it's healthy, it actually, and the whole point of enzymes is to break down the solids to liquids those liquids go out into your leach field and they should drain out there. Well, if you're pushing a bunch of water through that, the septic system or the tank itself cannot organically break down those solids. So it's, you know, my point is, is if you're constantly running water, the health of your septic system's going to diminish quickly. Okay. Which could lead to too much, you know, your leach field doesn't have the capacity for that amount of water or liquids and so then it starts backing up i mean it's you know you've seen it, it our, our listeners that have dealt with it it's not fun when you, you no matter what it is it's not fun to have a sewage backup but on top of that if you're having a mold issue because of a sewage backup then you've got as far as as far as mitigation there's just a lot more to it and it's it's expensive
0: absolutely so so we're going to you just mentioned mold going to the mold issue where does mold fit into this leaving the water dripping versus shutting the water off. Where does mold come in in all of this?
1: Well, so if you have just a minor leak, um, whether it could be, you know, it could be a drain line, which shouldn't be happening, or a water supply line, once the humidity gets, so for our listeners, if you've listened to me long enough, I this is why we have you on the podcast, because I just assume everybody knows how all this works. But for our listeners that know, there are three main components that you have to have for mold infestation to become viable. So think of mold infestation viable, like a flower growing and blooming. Mm -hmm. Non-viable, it kind of withers away. For mold, we we say it goes into a dormant state. You have to have three things. The mold spores themselves, which you're never gonna get rid of, Mm -hmm. unless you're in some lab that, you know, has all this filtration equipment, um, surgery center, things like that. Even surgery centers aren't that high tech. So you're always gonna have the mold spores. Then the humidity has to be over 60%. So, for our listeners, I'm sure you can tell them where you always see humidity over 60%. Oh, the shower. <laughs> the yeah, bathroom. The bathroom Every time. Yep. So, and what do you do? You take preventative measures to make sure, because the fan
0: is on constantly. Yep. The door is open you after the, the shower door. is yep. over, open. So, yep. you,
1: so, you get that drop down. If you were to wait, it only takes 48 hours for that to start reproducing. But the third main component you have to have is a food source. Yeah. So that would be for the most part porous cellulose materials. Um, concrete's not really a cellulose material. Wood two by fours; those are cellulose materials. It's not as porous as let's say sheetrock. So mm-hmm. it, it's a lot tougher. My point is, is if you have sheetrock or insulation, that is that's a that's a favorite thing that mold loves because mm-hmm. it's it's very porous and. You know, whereas something like, um, like I said, a two by four in a wall, just think of that and how porous it is versus sheetrock and insulation. So you have three main things, mold spores, humidity over 60%, and a food source. The food source and the humidity, pretty much the humidity has to be there over uh, 48 hours. And once that happens, mold starts reproducing. And it's growing behind your walls. You just It's maybe in your crawl space. In your floor joists, it's happening where you're not really noticing it till you have a major issue.
0: And so really, if you're leaving the water trickling, you're opening up yourself to moisture intrusion events. Exactly. Um, which then leads to the combination of sheetrock or some other cellulose material getting wet, whether exactly. under the sink or around the sink. And then you add the humidity and now you've got a mold problem.
1: Exactly. Okay. And it it's, you know... For for the most part, you know, a lot of people, you know, like, let's just say there's there's some sort of roof leak. By the time you notice it, you know, in the living area below it, you know, you've noticed that there, you know, there's usually sometimes a water stain that goes away or whatever. Well, then you start seeing that the paint starts bubbling and peeling, which is telling you there's more moisture. And then after that, like, it's a pinhole because the water has to follow the path of least resistance, And all of a sudden, you have water just shooting in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just something where over time, people just, that's the biggest problem, I think, with mold. And I I think it's similar with cars and homes in general and people in general. They just, they ignore the little things until it becomes major. And when you're talking about mold, when it becomes major, not only is it on our side of it, the construction side, you, you have the health side of it, too. You know, if you're sick all the time and you had to take whatever, six weeks off of work or go on FEMLA or you're going to the doctor all the time, you're doing blood work. You know, on the mold side for blood work, a lot of insurance companies won't cover that. So mm-hmm. I guess my point is, is something that was easy, cheap, quick, it literally could have been a just a consultation with the right person. It could save you thousands of dollars, whether it's in healthcare, or it's your job or in mold mitigation.
0: That makes a lot of sense. So what is your call to action for people?
1: So like we were talking about when we first started this is, you know, a lot of people think if they open their cabinet doors that that's going to help. The pipes not freeze underneath their sink. But check underneath those those cabinet doors, check, you know, check around your water heater, places that you just don't typically like to look. And you know how I am. So mold for our listeners is it's very common to be in dust. And so, a couple times a year, what do I do with the big shot back?
0: Yeah, you go and remove it. I go all the dust. get I get,
1: yep. I get the HEPA vac out and vacuum it. It's it's not a bad idea for our listeners to do the same thing. Just if you keep things somewhat tidy, you pay attention to what's really going on, and just check for water stains or suspected mold.
0: Awesome, and um, that leads us to your latest book.
1: Yeah, it's been my latest book for what a year now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm slacking a little bit, and I know our listeners are like, "When is he gonna?" I, I, I promise you, by by February next year, I'll have at least one more out. I'm hoping to have a couple more out, but building a mold-resistant home—that's black mold avoidance—is what it's called. Building a mold-resistant home uh, goes through the more of the contractor side of of you know how to build a home that once again is going to be mold-resistant, not mold-proof. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about last week about putting a plastic cover on a mattress just because you do that doesn't mean you can't get mold
0: exactly so and all you have to do is go to amazon and type in uh black mold resistance right or my name or c worsley and you will find yep. all of the books yep.
1: there or you can go to the website um there's a link there I'm That's sure, right. that we've created and yep it's not hard to find them if you if you just google the mold epidemic which i know we're not promoting that book but it pulls me right up it's on right at the top of the list
0: absolutely because our
1: listeners are buying that book so we thank all of you
0: thank you for listening thank you for buying and again cnccontractorservices.com you can find about the books the courses everything else right there we'll catch you on the next episode prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward/cNC mold checklist. again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward/cNC mold checklist.